What up, guys? This is JP from The Chase Down. I'm here with my co-host, Ben. What's up, everybody? And today we have some playoff basketball to talk about. Um, one of the greatest opening weekends of the playoffs I remember, probably the best that I remember. Um, every single game felt super competitive, super fun to watch. Um, ben, how'd you enjoy basketball over the weekend? I agree. I think it was one of the best weekends of basketball I've ever watched. Definitely, like in terms of round one, you don't usually see the kind of competition that we saw in every single game. Like yeah. one seed and eight seed kept it close in the East and West. Two versus seven kept it close in the East and West. Um, it looks like there's going to be a, the potential for a lot of seven game series. Uh, I think Mavs and Clippers could go to seven. I think Blazers and Nuggets could go to seven. Uh, Suns and Lakers could potentially go to seven. Um, and all of those games, every single game is going to be so entertaining. Yeah, there was just competition throughout. There was no blowouts, really. Um, every single game came down to the wire. And I'm super stoked. Um, but one of the bigger surprises for me was how competitive it was, like, throughout um, – Usually heading into the playoffs, the 1-8 series, people aren't super excited to watch. Uh, we kind of expect either four or five game series. And I, I don't know, from watching some of the series, the 1-8 series um, in the West with Utah playing Memphis, Memphis takes game one, and then Sixers-Wizards. I mean, that game was extremely close pretty much up until the end. Um, and the Sixers only won, I think, by four points. So, I mean... These are really competitive series, and we don't have any series except for maybe Celtics-Nets where you can kind of just write the result. But even the Celtics played a lot better than I thought they would that day. So I've just been super happy with the performances of the league so far. Yeah, I honestly expected the Celtics to get swept with like a 20-point margin in every single game. Yeah. And they held Kevin Durant to 2-for-10 shooting. I don't know how much they were doing out of that because he was just kind of missing shots, but – that big three struggled the first half against the Celtics. Um, my biggest surprise was Mavs versus Clippers. Um, first of all, Luka is absolutely unstoppable. Uh, there's not really, except for Kawhi, there's not really a player on the Clippers that can guard him. Um, all the, every single time he got somebody on him that wasn't Kawhi, he scored practically. He had a 30-point triple-double. Um, it just seems like nobody on the Mavs fears the Clippers. Nobody thinks of the Clippers as this top dog, too talented team. And that's really what I thought they were going to be coming into this playoffs. I was expecting them to come out red hot. And except for a good first quarter from Kawhi, both Kawhi and Paul George had pretty pedestrian games. Um, they really need to step it up if the Clippers are going to get the, the victory in this series. I totally agree with you. And they just need to figure out some sort of way to slow Luca down. Um, before we started recording this, we spoke about like Luca and all of his playoff games averages 39 and 10. You it's can ridiculous. make an art. Yeah. You can make an argument. He's like a top five playoff player already. And it's his third season of the league. What he's doing is unprecedented and he's doing it against only the Clippers. Every single playoff game he's had has been against the Clippers and he's just destroyed them. Um, a lot was made before the playoffs even start started about the Clippers ducking the Lakers to get the Mavs. Is that looking any better right now than maybe facing the Lakers? I mean, they're just getting crapped on. And I spoke to you before the pod started too. Like the way they were defending Luca was ludicrous to me, at least. Um, I've spoken about how Kawhi just switches off off all of the people he's defending basically throughout the entire regular season. And it looks like it's carrying into the playoffs. Um, 
Luca was able to torture Patrick Beverly, and he was able to torture Avika Zubac the entire game. And that leads to a 30-point triple-double every single time. So they got to make some real defensive adjustments if they have any chance at winning. Yeah, and the problem for the Clippers is I think the Mavs bench is ready. I think the, the supporting cast around Luka is ready to go. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. had 21 points. That was great from him. Kristaps mm-hmm. kind of had an okay night, but he didn't need to score a ridiculous amount. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think Teron Lue has his work cut out for him. He's really got to figure out how to isolate Luka and how to stop him. Um, and I think uh, we talked about this a little bit before we started recording. I think it just comes down to Kawhi has to be the primary defender on Luka at all times. Um, because without that, literally everybody else, Luka can find a way to score. You're right. He could score right over Pat Beverly. He bullied him into the post and scored right over him. Uh, he's quicker than Zubats. He can go past him easy. Uh, Teron Lou's got his work cut out for him. I'm not sure how good of a coach he is. This is going to kind of be his chance to prove it. Yeah, he said in the press conference afterwards that they're going to make some adjustments defensively. And basically the way I interpreted that is Kawhi's going to stick to Luka from starting minute to finishing minute. Um, I think that's really the only chance I even have to slow him down. Um, I'm not even going to go as far to say Kawhi's going to shut him down. I don't think anyone in the league can. I don't think Ben Simmons has been the only person to even remotely accomplish that. So um, yeah, man, I, I, that, this is going to be a tough series for the Clippers. I, I've been on record too. I think the Mavs would have beaten the Clippers last year if Kristaps didn't get ejected or hurt. Um, so does and, this shake your confidence? I think, did we both have the Clippers winning this series? Yeah. So we both had the Clippers winning in five. Yeah. Um, and I don't see that happening anymore. I, I still think it's going to happen. Um, I, I just think the belief I have in Kawhi is just too strong for me. I think after what happened last year in the bubble, if this team rolls over again, that's pathetic. And I think Kawhi maybe knows that. I'm not sure if Paul George does, but I think Kawhi is going to put on a superhuman performance for, for the rest of the series. I hope so. I mean, he came here to win a championship. He came here to prove himself. Uh, he can't fizzle out again. I know it wasn't his fault last year, but like he has to just put the team on his back and carry them to victories. Paul George also cannot be 8 of 18 again. Uh, he had an absolutely garbage first half. Really fine in the third and fourth quarter, but you got to come out strong from the get-go. Yeah, he was invisible that first half. But yeah. um, another series that maybe shocked you, but maybe not me, was the Blazers beating the Nuggets. Um, I chose them in seven. I know you were shocked about that. Tell me, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so I don't have – I've never really had a crazy amount of belief in Terry Stotts as a coach. Um, I don't think he's terrible. I don't think he's one of the worst. Um, but I just think that the Blazers have always kind of been worse than they could be. It seems like they've always had a bit more potential, and they never really reach it. Yeah. Um, I, their, their defense was excellent. Their scheme to just completely leave Jokic one-on-one and not let him pass, that completely shut down the Nuggets' offense. Jokic only yeah. had one assist. He was bullying Nurkic and Kander in the post. He could shoot over anybody, but they just let him get his own. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how they're going to find a way – the Nuggets are going to find a way around that, but I thought that was an amazing strategy for them to just completely shut down Jokic as a passer. Yeah, it, I think they played into his nature too. They were like, you want to pass. We're going to make you so you have to score. We're going to make you do what you don't want to do. And it ended up working. Um, 
And I saw something on Twitter that really spoke to me about this series is that the Denver Nuggets traded for Aaron Gordon earlier in the season to prepare for guys like Kawhi, Luka, LeBron, stuff like that. And now they're facing this team in Portland that has three crazy offensive guards that can just do whatever they want against this team because they don't match up well against that type of team. And it's, it just sucks for them that they, they're against that matchup. Yeah, I, I had a little bit too much confidence in uh, Facundo Campazzo and P.J. Dozier as defenders. They're really only out there to stop the guards that they're going up against. And Dame, with 34 points and 13 assists, was not slowed down at all by None. Facundo Campazzo. None. I thought he was going to be. Campazzo fouls him almost every possession. They're not calling it. It's the same with Dylan Brooks. Um, <laughs> but he was able to just get around it and do – Dame was ever to, able to do – absolutely whatever he wants 34 and 13 is an amazing stat line um i don't know how the nuggets deal with this they need to utilize Jokic as a passer that's why their offense is so potent um as long as they keep leaving Jokic on an island i really think it's gonna these games are gonna be far far easier for portland to win i think that strategy turns the games into a puncher's chance and i think someone with one of the best knockout punches in the league is Damian Lillard. Like Absolutely. he is a guy you want on your team if the game is close. And I think they're playing into that where it's just like, if we can keep these games close all the way to the fourth quarter, we have a really good shot to win. Um, there were some outliers like CJ McCollum didn't play great. Norman Powell didn't play amazing. Um, Michael Porter went one for 10 from three, which is That's just, gross. it's never going to happen again. He's one of the best shooters in the league. So that will rebound. So there were some, like, outliers, but I think this series is going seven for sure. Yeah, yeah. I really thought it was going to be a quick series for Denver, but, I mean, Portland came out to play. I, I'm really, really impressed by how they came out to start that game. Um, I also want to talk just a little bit about Memphis and Utah um, because I, first of all, didn't even consider the possibility that Memphis would beat Golden State in the play-in. Same. Um, I had written them out completely. And for them to take game one against Utah is awesome. I know Utah couldn't hit the broadside of a barn from the three-point line. Um, They just bricked every single shot they threw up. Jordan Clarkson was 0 for 8 from three. Conley was 3 for 11. They were just chucking up nonsense. Um, But I just – I like the Grizzlies. I like how well they play as a crew. Um, And I don't know what the hell happened to Dylan Brooks. Uh, But – I, I've never – I didn't expect him to score 31 points in a game and play the kind of defense that he plays. I'm quickly becoming a Dylan Brooks fan. I think everyone who's listened to the podcast from when we started it knows my opinion of Dylan Brooks. I think he's annoying. Um, I think his attitude is good for your team, but the way he plays basketball drives me crazy because sometimes he gets that, like, Kobe thing where he thinks he's the best player on the team and he'll just take a 40-foot three, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, that game against the Jazz was just unreal um, for the defense he could play and still give you 31 points in an opening playoff game, his first playoff game ever. There I were just clutch think, buckets he was hitting too. Yeah, it's just it's just unbelievable. And going to his coast, well, the main star of the team, John Moran. When we had that debate earlier in the year, Jaw versus Zion, this is kind of the reason why I chose Jaw back then was. He's just the ultimate winning player. His team just finds a way to sneak out games, and he's a huge part of it. And I just feel like 
that team's never going to play below what they are. I think they're either going to play what they are or above. And yeah. I think he's, he's got a huge reason to do with that. He is undeniably a winning player. Yeah. Um, watching that game against Golden State, first of all, that playing game, um, he was just determined to get that win. When he got into overtime, um, I, I, I'm really impressed by him. I thought that was an excellent performance. And I really think Memphis has a lot of confidence here, like more confidence than they deserve going into game two. Um, the Jazz just need to shoot average from three to yeah. beat them. Um, but, I mean, Jaron Jackson Jr. had a garbage night. A lot, yeah. most of their bench guys for Memphis had a garbage night. If the bench shows up for Memphis, even if the Jazz are shooting okay, that's still a game. Um, I really expected it to be a blowout for the Jazz, and that just did not happen. Yeah, and I think this shows how important Donovan Mitchell is to this team. Um, he's just such a dynamic shot creator for himself and for others, and his three-point shooting this year has been exceptional, uh, shooting 40% from three. So I just I didn't realize how important he was because I thought Jordan Clarkson could kind of fill in most of what Donovan Mitchell does. Obviously, Donovan Mitchell's an all-star caliber player, and Jordan Clarkson's nothing close to that, but – I thought they were closer than maybe like Rudy Gobert and the next center on their roster. But seeing, seeing them against the uh, Grizzlies the other night proved to me how important he is to that team. Yeah, I texted you uh, yesterday and said that Jordan Clarkson does not have a clutch gene. Like, it just does not exist. Um, he was given so many opportunities to hit a three to put the Utah Jazz back into that game, and he just couldn't do it. Um, I want to talk about some standout performances, though. And I'm going to start with Phoenix versus LA because uh, there's two performances, one really good and one really bad that I want to get your takes on. Yeah. We're going to start with the really bad one. And that was Anthony Davis. Yeah. Uh, five of 16 from the field. I have been saying this. I've been shouting it as loud as I possibly can. DeAndre Ayton is here and he was going to do work against Anthony Davis. And he did. Yeah. Um, so Anthony Davis, five of 16. What are your thoughts? I think that might be the worst game of his entire career. Um, I, I, I literally think you could call it that. Um, he has basically been a walking 25 and 12 since the moment he stepped in the league. And he looked out of sorts. His shot selection was horrible in that game. Um, he's standing at the perimeter way too much. He, sometimes he forgets he's 6'11" with just like freakish arm length. He doesn't hit the boards like sometimes you would maybe want a player that size to do. But this is my prediction. I think he averages 30 points per game for the rest of the series. I, I can't believe it. Uh, where do you think he does it from? Where does he score it from? Um, I think he's just going to torture DeAndre Ayton in the post. I just think he's going to make him look like a buffoon out there. I, I love what DeAndre Ayton showed us yesterday or the day before. I don't know. I don't remember. But He's still so young, and this is, like, he showed out his, in his first game. Like, that was an incredible, incredible performance, only missing one shot, and getting eight offensive rebounds is just so dynamic. I just think Anthony Davis has the, just the cachet for me to trust him in these types of moments. I have been saying this, and I will wait to be proven wrong. I think DeAndre Ayton can hold his own in the post against Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis has got to make his money. Uh, from the three and from the mid-range, because DeAndre Ayton is a big dude. He is a grown – he's got grown man strength. I know he's young, but he is so strong in the post. He can get fooled on some moves, and I think Anthony Davis has a lot of moves. 
Um, but he, Anthony Davis cannot just out-muscle Aiton. Um, so I, I'm excited for game two because Anthony Davis is going to have to come out strong. But the good performance that I wanted to talk about from that series is Devin Booker. Yeah. 34.7 rebounds, eight assists. He was unstoppable. And he's doing it the same way he's always been doing it, driving to the hoop, hitting mid-range shots, the occasional three-pointer. Yeah. Um, I, I just loved that. I loved how Phoenix came out to start this game. I think these teams are such a unique matchup for each other because the Lakers don't really have people that can stop CP3 or Devin Booker. Um, and then, in my opinion, the Suns don't have anyone to stop LeBron or Anthony Davis. So, like, the two best players kind of get to do whatever they want, in my opinion. And Devin Booker showed you why he should be considered for the All-NBA team and just that caliber of player. Like, he's just an animal and me and you spoke about it before the playoffs even started. Like, we had no doubts he was going to do something like this in the playoffs. Like, it's just his mentality, the way he approaches the game. Me and you had no concerns, and he proved us right. Do you still see a reverse sweep coming? Do you still see the Lakers winning the next four? Yes, I do. I, I can't imagine that. My only thing, the only way I think that's possible is if Chris Paul is out the rest of the series. Um, he hurt his shoulder, like, halfway through the game. Yeah. And the third and fourth quarter, you could tell he could not shoot the ball. He looks and I don't horrible. think the Lakers really noticed that until it was too late. Yeah. Um, it's First of all, it sucks that we can't get healthy Chris Paul in the playoffs. The dude is such a beast. He is so always so ready for the moment. I really wanted to watch him in the playoffs. I hope he's healthy. If he isn't, that's the only way I see the Lakers taking four easy games. This is the reason I chose this before Chris Paul even got hurt. Um, LeBron hasn't been known to lose the first game of series. It's just like his thing. I don't know why he does it. I, I've heard him say it's a way for him to scope out how the team's going to play him. And he kind of just treats it like a scrimmage. And then he just sweeps them right after. And it's like, it sounds crazy, but there's so much evidence that he's telling the truth over his 18 year career that I'm ju I just have faith that he's just going to blow them out of the water the next four games. Him and Anthony Davis are just going to make them look crazy. I think LeBron's going to go crazy. I still think Anthony Davis has met his match here in the post against DeAndre Ayton. Nobody can stop AD when he's hot from the mid-range um, or from three, but Ayton can slow him down in the post. I will stand by that until he proves me wrong. That's fair enough. Um, a standout performance I want to talk about is Trey Young. Yes. Um, you guys know my opinion on Trey Young. I think sometimes he's a ball hog. I think sometimes he has some of the worst select shot selection in the entire league with his 34 foot threes that he chucks up. Um, I cannot deny how great he looked in that New York Knicks game. And I, I, said, I said it before the playoffs even started. If he proves me wrong in the playoffs, I'm going to shut my mouth and just not talk about him anymore. I'm not going to complain. And that's what he's doing so far. Um, 30 and 10. Uh, game-winning shot against the Knicks, who I have a lot of faith in as just a defensive team and just the chemistry and everything we've seen from the Knicks. I thought they were going to take this series. I still do. I still think it's going to um, be Knicks in seven. But, uh, I mean, the way Trey Young played was unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable, yeah. He still had a couple of his signature Trey Young foul-baiting moves. Yeah. Um, a handful of them the refs just didn't call, which I thought was awesome. Um, now that you're in the playoffs, they're not letting so many shots or letting so many calls go. Um, but yeah, 32 and 10 with seven rebounds from him was awesome. I love the fact that he used the the hate that he was getting from New York from the New York crowd. 
the yeah. FU Trey Young chance that he was yeah. getting, and he just used that as fire. Um, I can't imagine how loud those chants are going to be the next time he comes into that building because they the, the Knicks fans were just ready to hate somebody. Whoever the dude who walked through that door, they were ready to hate. Um, I think this is going to be an awesome series. I can't see Julius Randle bricking 17 out of 23 shots again. No. Um, but I still think this is going to be a sick series. The one thing that I will complain about here on record, nothing makes me want to bash my head into a wall more than watching Alfred Payton get NBA minutes. Yeah. Um, I know that Frank Nielakina can't score. He has no offensive game. He's a defensive stopper. Trey Young is an offensive beast. That's, that should be your answer for New York. At least try it. Give Frank some minutes. He's like one of my favorite players, and the New York Knicks have just shit on him for years. Yeah. Um, quickly was great. Burks was great. But I, I want to see Frank Nilakina get some minutes. A Frank, Frankie K, Frankie Smokes will not be getting any minutes in this series. <laughs> um, especially he got 23 after. seconds in the and game. And he lit up the that game winner. That is awful. And he lit up the game winner. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it's, it's just not – and I think it's rude of a team, low-key, to, like, keep a player on ice for 47 and a half minutes and then throw him on the most important player in the last 20 seconds of a game. I think that's, like, kind of ludicrous. Yeah, set um, him up for failure. Yeah, yeah. So I, I didn't love that. But um, another – I'm going to actually backtrack. No, no. I'm going to go forward here. One of the favorite games that I watched um, this weekend was Heat Bucks. Mm. And you might be asking, like, why? Everyone was missing shots. The best players played horribly. That's why I loved it. The whole thing revolved around basically role players, and then it came down to a, an incredible shot by Chris Middleton to seal the game. But watching Jimmy Butler go four for 22, but still hit the shot that sent it to overtime, that seeing Giannis be – I, I couldn't even believe what I was watching that he literally, I could not have told like to, if you, if someone told me that he was a two-time MVP, I literally would have laughed out loud. He looked horrible. Like one of the worst players on the court. He had a 10 second free throw violation. He, and he missed four free throws in the fourth quarter. I was just like, my mind was melting everything so, that. Sorry. Keep going. No, go, go. Uh, the, the free throws. I just wanted to talk about the 10-second violation. Yeah. If you watch him during the regular season, it legitimately takes him 15 seconds every time, and they just never call it. Yeah. Now that they're calling it, he is going to be an abysmal free throw shooter. He was the 6 coach, of 13. It's going to get worse. They said during the game that the coaches of the league actually brought this forward to the re referees because everyone was like, this dude takes forever to shoot a single free throw. Like, let's get the game going. Yeah, And now, now they're implementing the rule, and Giannis was shook. Um, Budenholzer lost his mind when he saw that call. I just – that game was so disgusting. It was fun to watch. Yeah, it was pretty fun to watch for that reason. The fact that Milwaukee Bucks were only able to hit five three-pointers um, and Miami hit 20 and Miami still lost. Yeah. I've never seen that before. Yeah. Um, and you still saw, like, when it mattered, Jimmy Butler needed a basket to bring him to OT, and he got it. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to be an awesome series. I'm glad that Milwaukee got the win because I want them to just roll over Miami. I don't think it's going to happen because uh, there's no way Jimmy and Bam have that garbage of nights again. And uh, they... But the big three showed out for the Bucks. I mean, they didn't shoot very well, but they scored a lot of points. I mean, Giannis – 
like I don't know if I've seen a player look worse than Giannis looked. Yeah, the night. stats are deceiving. I, I, yeah, you look at the stat line, you're like, oh wow, he had a good no. Like that was some of the worst basketball I've ever seen played. Um, he literally. This is so interesting to me because we see a player who shot 84% in the paint during the regular season, but he looks like a lost in the playoffs. Like he looks like he doesn't know how to play basketball in the playoffs. And it's such a stark contrast. It's like, it, it melts my mind. Like I said earlier. Yeah. There's some guys who just, for whatever reason, they get the yips once the playoff starts. I think Paul George has got a little bit of that in him. Um, because we both know Paul George is an excellent basketball player. Yeah. Um, the regular season, he proves it time and time again, but there's just some guys that as soon as the pressure is really, really intense that they start to fold. Um, my favorite game, even though the Celtics lost, Celtics-Nets was a fun, fun game. Yeah. Um, the first half defense that the Celtics played was great. I knew, I think everybody who watched that game knew that the Brooklyn Nets were going to come out strong in that third quarter. Um, and that the Celtics really didn't have a right to be as close as they were. Yeah. Um, the one thing that pains me as a Celtics fan, if Tatum and Kemba Walker just have okay games, we could win that game. We could yeah. win that. Yeah. Um, six for 20 for Tatum, five for 16 for Kemba. Yeah. I, I'm almost feeling like if the games are close in the fourth quarter, you got to bench Kemba. If he's not scoring, he's useless out there. Yeah. And it sucks that you're benching a $30 million guy, but like if you can't put the ball in the basket until there's two minutes left and it's garbage time, what good is he out there? This has been my complaint since the seventh game of the season. I was just, it's just, he doesn't deserve his contract. I don't know how many minutes he deserves to play either. It's just, it's, it's a tough situation for a Celtics fan. I watch him play decent teams, like not great teams, and he'll put up 24 on pretty good efficiency, and I get fooled. Um, as soon as it matters, as soon as we play a team where we really need his points, he just doesn't show up. Yeah. I'm beyond impressed with Rob Williams. That I will insane. say that. 11, 9, and 9, nine blocks tied for fourth all time for a single-game playoff game. Yeah. Um, that was awesome. It sucks that he's still dealing with the, the pain in his foot, the turf toe, yeah. because you can tell it's kind of hobbling him a little bit. But still, even with him being hobbled, nine blocks is unreal. The defense he played on Harden a couple of possessions. Kyrie got a block on. It was just he was everywhere. Yeah, he's a very versatile defender. Obviously, I don't love him out on the perimeter, but people forget he's only 6'8", so he's not this lumbering giant that doesn't have foot speed. Like, he can stick with people every once in a while. Um, and then, like you said, the shot blocking aspect was just absurd. He was sending everything back. And for the future, because I don't know if the Celtics make it out of this series, I doubt they even come close. But for the future, I love that Rob Williams is on this Celtics team. Yeah, I think the offseason will be good for him to heal uh, and maybe add a little bit more passing to his game because you can tell that he's got the instinct for it, but we just don't yeah. put him in that position all the time. Yep. Um, yeah, this has me excited for the future. The one thing I need, and I wasn't with you before when you were saying this, but I'm with you now. Kemba has to go. It doesn't matter if we get a player of equal caliber in return. We just got to get off that contract. Yeah. The way we could allocate the money differently would make us a much better team. It's just, it's just reality at this point. We always need role players and we just don't have the money to pay them. So we got to pay like Jabari Parker or bring in just some like hope that some guys that we draft do all right. Jabari Parker had an all right game. I'm not mad about that, but yeah. 
we could spend 12, $15 million and go out and get a quality role player. If we had that money, we just don't. Right. Um, yeah. So, so the Celtics did put up a fight. I was glad to see that, but I don't think KD will ever come out shooting like that again in no. this playoff. I think, I think what you were expecting coming into the series, a 20 point margin and three straight, like four straight losses. I think that's probably what we're heading towards, but still I really liked the effort the Celtics put in because everyone knows my complaints about that throughout the season. I just thought this team maybe didn't have the energy or will to do it, but I was super excited to see that they were actually trying their hardest out there. Me too. And even though he didn't have an excellent game, I am fully bought in on Aaron Neesmith. I think uh, we texted be... each other. Yeah, yeah, we texted each other that he just, the way he plays, I think I'm, I, I'm in on him too. I think he's going to be a great role player for us. Um, I'm, I'm done with Romeo Langford. I will Thank not, you. will never cheer his name again until Thank he's, you. unless he seriously proves me wrong next year. But yeah, Kevin Durant starting the game two for 10 was unreal. That was like, that never happens. You could tell he was forcing his offense, just trying to get a bucket and they just yeah. weren't falling. Uh, as soon as he got that one bucket to fall in the second half, he was just, just on a different level. Yeah. Um, James Harden too. I've never seen him that passive in the playoffs. It worked for him because there's so many quality players on the nets to find. Yeah. Um, but like, I've never seen him in a pass first mentality. And that's kind of what I was expecting. I thought he'd get more assists, but still 29, nine, 21, nine and eight is an excellent game from him. Yeah. They're just, they just have too much, too much talent. And the big three, Harden, Kyrie and KD, they were responsible for 98.4% of the points that were on the board. So, I mean, it's just those three, they're just going to dominate every team they play. Yeah. Yeah. There really was nothing the Celtics can do. The fact that they made it a close first half, I'm like happy with the series already. hundred um, um, percent. Oh, go. Um, <laughs> another one of my favorite games was actually wizard Sixers. Um, I thought it was just going to be a blowout. It turns out they are the perfect matchup for each other because the Wizards are just a light you up type of team. Um, they're not trying to play defense. They're just trying to get from one end of the court to the other and rain a couple threes and get to the hoop. And then the 76ers are a slow tempo team, beat you down in the post with Joel and then defend you. And it's just like immovable object, unstoppable force type of deal up against each other. And it was super exciting all the way to the end. Like I loved that game. Yeah, me too. I like the thing about the Wizards that I think is kind of fun to watch is they are probably the best transition team in basketball. Um, and there's a lot of times where I've seen the Celtics do it when we play against them. There's a lot of times where teams try to match their pace because mm. um, the Wizards will score eight points in a row off a handful of turnovers in transition. Yeah. And then the Sixers tried sprinting out in transition and it's not their game and it wasn't working for them in the first half. Um, Joel Embiid only took six shots in the first half and he ended with 30. That was, <laughs> that, that was pretty crazy. Uh, Tobias Harris with 37 was awesome. Um, Ben Simmons had one of the most Ben Simmons games I've ever seen. Six points, 15 rebounds, 15 assists. Yeah. There's some moments out there where he looks like he's got top 10 potential. And then there's some moments where he just looks like an absolute bum. Yeah. And it's the times where he's got a score on his own that he just looks lost out there in the half court. Um, but 15 assists is awesome from him. That was a really, really fun showing from the Sixers. 
Yeah, and you said it. I mean, Joel only took six shots in the first whatever, and it's because they got – he just got bogus foul calls called against him that entire first quarter. And then he still ends up with 30. Like, the Wizards have no chance of stopping him. Um, they and tried triple-teaming him. It didn't even work. Yeah, they triple-teamed him, and he still got an and one. It's just like he's, he's such a dominant force. That's going to be a really fun series. But um, some things I've learned – from this playoff weekend, which one, the first thing I've learned is that this is going to be insanely fun. Um, I kind of expected just like the Nets rolling through, the Lakers rolling through, and this not having too much drama in it, but it is the exact opposite. I think we're going to see some upsets. I think we're going to see some really just hard, competitive playoff basketball these next few weeks. So I'm super stoked about that. Um, But I think the biggest thing is Jokic has his hands full with Damian Lillard. I think Kawhi and Paul George could be in trouble. Like, I literally think that team could be broken up in the offseason. And I think the Jazz need to take the Grizzlies very seriously because I think the Grizzlies could make this a lot harder than it has to be. I Those are all excellent points. And I'm going to say something that you disagree with, and that's fine. And that's that the Lakers need to take Phoenix more seriously. Um, LeBron and Anthony Davis cannot be that bad again. Devin Booker outscored the two of them together. Yeah. Yeah. That can't happen again. No. Um, I, yeah, those were all good points. I really think the Hawks and Knicks series, such a, they're such interesting basketball teams. That is something that I recommend everybody watch, even if you're not a big fan of either team. One, because just listening to how loud Madison Square Garden gets gets me hyped about basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, because there's just some, some really, really fun players on both teams. Um, I want to say, though, game two is really important for so many series. I want to ask you, I want to run through the list and see if you've changed your mind on any of these series. Yeah, let it rip. Um, One versus eight, Jazz Memphis. We both had Jazz and five. How do you feel about that? Keeping it. Same year. The Jazz got to come out a little stronger. Donovan Mitchell, whenever he's back, will be the game changer. Yeah. Uh, Sixers Wizards, we both had a sweep. I don't think it's going to be a sweep anywhere. I think the Washington Wizards can take a game. I, th- I still call sweep. I think it's going to be close, hard fought, though. That's fair. Uh, it's two versus seven. Uh, Nuggets – or no, sorry. Um, Suns versus Lakers. I still have the Suns in six. You still have the Lakers in five. Yeah. Uh, game two is going to be big. And however it goes, we will argue about it once it's over. <laughs> <laughs> Nets versus Celtics. Still going to be a sweep for the Nets. The fact that the Celtics took a half, I think, is a victory. Yep. Um, three versus – what is that? Three versus six, Nuggets versus Blazers. How do you feel? Got Blazers in seven still. I still have – I have Nuggets in seven now. Okay. Not in six. Um, I still think my, Michael Malone will find a way to get Jokic to pass the ball more and get those guys a little more involved. They played lockdown defense, Portland did. Um and I think they're still going to bring that. But Jokic can't have one assist a game this series. Right. Uh, Bucks Heat. I have Bucks in five. I think I keep it, even though Giannis let me down huge the other day. Yeah, he's got to come out stronger. And I also think all of these games are going to be really close. I just think the Bucks have the edge. Yeah. The fact that they have three big guys that they can give it to to score when they really need it, the Heat just don't have that. Exactly. Um. And then four versus five, Clippers and Mavs. I think I have the Mavs taking this now. It's a seven-game series. Yeah, I don't want to overreact, so I'm just going to keep Clippers and five. Clippers and five. I think that's – 
I think that's pretty strong. I, I can't see the Clippers reverse sweeping. I just, they have no heart. Kawhi's really got to instill some energy into these guys because it was not there game one. I just don't want to freak out. It looked bad. It looked really bad, but I just don't want to freak out and look foolish. Fair enough. I, I take the Mavs in seven. Uh, Knicks Hawks. We both had the Knicks in seven. I didn't yeah. expect the Hawks to win game one. No. I thought Trey Young to have an excellent series was going to need to average around 30 and 10. And he got a 32 and 10 pretty easily. Yeah. Um, I have more faith in the Hawks, but the Knicks are not coming out that slow again. I still think Knicks in seven. I do too. Julius Randle, like you said, missing 17 of 23 shots just will not happen again. In the regular season, he averaged 37, 12, and seven against the Hawks. That's, that's unreal. Yeah, they played excellent defense on him, but he was also just missing open ones. Right, exactly. Um, so I think that's the only changes we have is I think the Mavs are beating the Clippers, and yeah. I think the Nuggets, uh, the series against the Blazers, is going to go a little longer. You're sticking with every pick you have. Yeah, I just I, – I see some potential. The only one I'm, like, super scared about is that Mavs series. I have full confidence in every single one, but the way Luca played the other night, it's just like – I don't know if they can stop him. If Mavs take game two, I might – I think Mavs could win it in five. Honestly, I wouldn't fight you on that. I'm, I'm just going to hold still for now. I just – Kawhi, I've – I don't know if I'm putting too much value on what I've seen Kawhi do in the past. Yes, yeah, he's still that dude. So, oh, that's the thing. So Game like, two will let us know. Right. Defensively – like I've said, he's not the best defensive player anymore. I think he's still top five. You can look at every single metric. It'll back me up. But offensively, I've seen him go 35-5 and five on 50-40-90 through an entire playoffs. And it wasn't like – I know the 2019 Toronto run is what sticks out, but I watched him face the stacked Golden State Warriors on the Spurs, and he just lit them up and shut down Kevin Durant. So in my head – I, I don't know if I'm clinging to old Kawhi or it's realistic for me to expect that still. I, I'm not, like you said, game two is going to let us know. Yeah. I saw, I sent you the hot take as soon yeah. as that game one was over that Luca's yeah. better than Kawhi. Um, just because I wanted to upset you, not because I believed it. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't think it's true. Kawhi, yeah. if he could just try on defense. I, I, I'm with you. I'm frustrated watching him switch off the of screens and letting someone else guard the best player on the maps. It's so unique because I think what makes him a top three player, in my opinion, is the fact that he is a top five defensive player while being able to score 25 points per game. But his value goes to waste if he's switching off the best player every single possession. If all it takes is one screen to get Kawhi off you, all he is is a 25-point-per-game scorer now. Yeah. His value decreases huge. And then Luka's just – honestly, like face-to-face, -face, Kawhi, Luka. Luka's a better offensive player by far, in my opinion. The way he passes the ball and the way he can just do about anything puts him above – but defensively, Kawhi's on a different planet than Luka. Luka's a stop, but he's a traffic cone. So, I mean, like, I, this series is going to be amazing. No matter which way it goes, it's going to be a fun one. Yeah, that, the thing for me is I need to see Kawhi guard Luka. I need to see him fight over screens because we know he can. We've watched it before. Exactly. Um, like, it's, it just seems like he's passive, and, and that frustrates me. And it frustrates me too because I've seen I've watched him for eight years now, 
and I've seen what this dude can do. Like, he did it even last year against some players during the regular season, and then Luca kind of did the same thing to them. But, I mean, I've seen him fight over screens. I've seen him literally play defense so well that people get cut from their teams the night after the game. Like, that's the type of defender he is. And it's just – it bothers the hell out of me that he doesn't do that all the time. I know it's taxing on your body, but he needs to pretend like this could be it because, I, like you said, the Mavs can beat this team. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Like, they could be kicked first round. I, I can't imagine the reactions across the NBA if the Clippers duck the Lakers to get the Mavs and then lose. What would Kawhi's reputation be? That's what I was just about to ask you. Who takes the biggest chunk of that blame if they lose that series? I think it probably is Kawhi just because he's expected to lead them through it. Right. I mean, um, maybe it would be Paul George if he's, like, catastrophic again. But, I mean, Kawhi's gone from a top three player, one of the only guys in the league that you can give the ball to and carry you to a championship without another star, to if he loses another – like, if he doesn't make it to the Western Conference Finals this year, like, something's up we can't keep giving him the benefit of the doubt that it's just Paul George, right? Like maybe we have to like dissect his career a little differently. I think we do. I think it's, if that happens, it's time to have a conversation about whether or not he's past his prime. I, I think that's fair. Honestly. I mean, it's so he's funny. Old. He's getting old. So he might be past his prime anyway, but I mean, like he used to be in 2019. I thought he was the best two way player in basketball. I still think he is. I do personally. I don't think there's another player that's better than him at two way, but I mean, it's so we're talking about Kawhi out of his prime right now. He averaged 25, six and five on almost 50, 40, 90, and it's probably going to be NBA first team this year. So it's like, it's silly. it is, it is silly, but I understand. Like, I think, like I said, I just think he hitched his horse to the wrong wagon. I think it was a horrible career decision to, join Paul George instead of like maybe going to the Lakers um, oh, oh how dare you I know it's disgusting but think about Kawhi LeBron and AD versus Kevin Durant James Harden and Kyrie I, I would not watch the NBA if Kawhi was on the same team as LeBron and AD I wouldn't watch a single one of their games it's fair it's fair but <laughs> I, I'm just saying like even another team like I think the Mavericks would have been a great choice for him um I just think that was a perfect fit um, and there are other teams, too, like Portland. He could have stayed just, in Toronto. I, my favorite fit is Denver, honestly. I think if he went to Denver, I, I think it's lights out for the league. But, I mean, he, he wanted to be close to his family, so that's, that's on him. Yeah, this is what he gets. He recruited, Kawhi, or he recruited, recruited Paul George. He brought him to his team, and he's made his bet. He's got a lie in him. Exactly. So um, I think that wraps up the episode. Ben, do you got anything else? Little, little insights, anything like that? I've got nothing else. Just recommend that absolutely everybody tune in for these game twos. Lakers in five. Suns in six. <laughs> Peace out. Peace. Thanks, everybody, for listening in. If you want to interact with us at The Chase Down, make sure to find us on Instagram, Twitter, and blogger at The Chase Down Pod to join the conversation. Peace, everybody.